Let's do. Let's get going on this. Potaholics <laughs> 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 time. Doc talk with Dr. Jenna Burton. Feels like we've already started. <laughs> James, you started the minute I sat down. You put a pair of headphones off, on and you were off. The Rove Podcast Studio, Rove Downtown Dubai. Literally for about the next hour, we're just going to be talking about cool stuff that goes on in our lives. And Jenna's going to work us through it, solve problems. And by the way, I've got a new little segment that I've started with you already. You don't even know about it. Health tip of the day? Nope. It's called Waiting Room Wisdom with Dr. Jenna Burton. You've ch- I made a little jingle for the health tip of the day. Do you, do you have it? Did you bring it? <laughs> I'm not thinking it now. <laughs> oh, okay. I think it later, but it's not. Okay. It's not a good one. So I think waiting room wisdom actually sounds a lot better. The, the triple W. <laughs> Can you do the jingle for me? I haven't. I haven't done a jingle for it yet. But I. I literally started pulling out, and I've already got one published up online. I'll. I'll uh, Wait. Well, you've made one up yourself. Well, anyone? No, it? no. I have not put any any uh, tune on it. I think actually, what I've done is I've just done an intro, and I think. It's just me introing it saying, hey, here's Waiting Room Wisdom with Dr. Jenna Burton. And I think it has this music as the bed. That's it. Here we go. Waiting Room Wisdom, Dr. Jenna Burton, something a little different. And uh, that's the way it starts. I love it, James. Yeah. So, and because I was just thinking as I was putting together, you know, as we, as we do what we do, I was just thinking that last week, what do we have? We had, we had some cool stuff. Oh, you were talking about me time and, and getting things in. I said, this is, this is really cool. And I was sitting there going, what do we call it? What do we call it? What do we call it? And then, I don't know, it just kind of came to me. So I think I had an Elizabeth Gilbert moment. <laughs> did, did, and actually, we, I, I wrote this up in a, a little bit of an editorial for Creative Mornings because we, uh, we got our newsletter coming out. And I've been watching all these, these TED videos for one of my classes, public speaking. And we watch them for what the people do that is awful and what they do that is good. And, and so Elizabeth Gilbert, this is finding your inner genius or whatever. It's something like that. 2011 maybe is when that speech was done. Worth watching. And so the idea of the genius is Greek and Romans, the genius wasn't a person. It was a thing. And you, everyone had a genius. So in the Roman days, and I'm just, this is paraphrasing her. So, you know, Miss Gilbert, you're listening to our podcast. And you're going, James, you ripped me off here. I was like, no, no, this is you. She would say, look, and I'm almost worried for her years. This is really embarrassing because I'm like plagiarizing her at this point. But no, we're talking about her. So I'm giving her credit, no, right? No, you're referencing I'm it. referencing, you're re- yeah, you're yeah. referencing. Which, and, and I hate to say it, but the, her delivery of her speech really is terrible. But She might be a bit annoyed now. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> the content's there, but she doesn't pause enough. And she uses a lot of ums and... Like you know, I'm not. Know. I'm not going to say anything about that. But but I've 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 ripped off a couple of things she does in her speech, and I actually used one as a a, a reference, uh, an homage to Elizabeth Gilbert in the little piece I wrote, where she says, "Stick with me, it all comes around." And I really like that. <laughs> I'm going to try and use that up forever. But she. So the idea. That, I, I'm totally lost at where this story. You know, I know is. you're going. So the thing <laughs> is, she was saying, and so her whole speech is about we need to go back to this thinking where it's not you're the genius. But you have a genius because when you're the genius, that's just, especially in a creative way of thinking, that's way too much pressure. Like what if, and, and she, she did this speech on the heels of her second book coming out that, as she calls it, follows the freakishly successful first book, Eat, Pray, Love. And then she had her second one coming. Oh, this is the lady yeah, that yeah. wrote this Eat, Pray, Love. Eat, Pray, Love lady. And then she's talking about her second book's coming out and everyone's saying, oh, are you, are you nervous? It's not going to be as good as your first book. And, and that's that kind of provoked her talk saying, you know, that 
I did this genius work and it's me and now I've got to do this other one and are you going to be able to live up to the success and are you going to be able to do it? And that creates so much pressure and anxiety. And then when you start looking at the history of creative people and how many of them take their lives, you know, and, and why are they doing that? Because of the stress, because this, this pressure, they've got to live up to it. And she said, well, what if we went back to the Greeks and the Romans where a genius wasn't you, a genius was a thing that helped you. And everyone had a genius. And she uses the example of the Romans where she says, you know, if, if you were doing a sculpture or a mural or a fresco and it was only okay, everyone knew that it wasn't all your fault because that just meant that day your genius that lived in the walls of your studio didn't do its job. Yeah, but you know how modern day people would take it is, well, how good is your genius? Yeah. Well, how that's it. You well, and that's the thing. Everyone's mine. genius is not the same. And and so there is the possibility that that, and she, and she does a great example of, she talks about this this dancer, and I guess it's a Spanish dancer, because she's saying, then she talks about how Allah, Allah got, got moved forward to ole, ole, and it's like that, I, I see, and, and, and she talks about it literally like that, it's like, in that embodiment of that work, I see God, I see this amazing thing, I see this, this excellent thing happening that is transcendental, it is no longer just that person, it is something more, it is ole, ole, and, and she said, that happened, but that doesn't happen all the time. You'll go to a performance and you see this person is just on fire. And then another time it's like, yeah, they were good, but it wasn't good as the last time. And she's saying, that's when your genius hasn't done its job. It's, you've done your job. And she, and she says, keep going out there and keep giving it 100%. And some days it's going to be brilliant because your genius has taken that moment and just elevated you to something spectacular. And the next day, it might not be as good. Do you know, that's so interesting, partly because of this genius idea and it being almost like a third party that's involved in helping somebody. But also you referenced how a lot of creative people take their lives. And I think I wrote something a while ago called The Curse of the Creative, because it's something that I oh, think man. we're all aware Time of. Time to go pull that out. Well, it, it's not. it was just like a small blog post, James. I love but, those posts. But the point is, is that I'd always taken it as a lot of creative people feel a bit unique or they're outcasted because yeah. as a population of humans, our natural instinct is to reject anything that doesn't stick within the boundaries of normal. Yeah. And that's changing as time goes on because what is normal anymore? Yeah. People can do what they want. You know, I look back, I was even watching an episode, um, a really great show last night of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Oh, yeah, with, yeah. Which one? Which children. one? Um, Daisy, it was like one about a little Bo Peep and Daisy. Okay, okay. And at the end, it's got the really great song that the boys love and we all have a little dance to. Um, hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog, that one. <laughs> yeah. And um, and anyway, that uh, you see all the, the, the female characters have all got the bow and the little yeah, yeah. skirts and the heels and the boy characters, you know, they don't they have the little underpants on and yeah. just some flat shoes. And I was thinking about how that wouldn't happen nowadays. No. That you wouldn't do that because we don't apply not just gender roles, but roles for anybody. But I think in the past especially, and it still happens a little bit, but much more so years ago, is anyone that had a different idea... They, they were just totally rejected. And, and then imagine being outcast for your life if you are someone that comes up and you think differently and you have a different idea out of the box. I never thought about the pressure that creative people go through that yeah. you mentioned. And, you know, that must also be absolutely awful because if you've done something before, you've got to live up to it and you can't always do that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, another great show that I always used to love, Nickelodeon's Blues Clues. So I've seen that advertised, but we've never watched oh, it. Oh, you've got to watch that. They're not interested uh, really? yet, no. Yeah. Even, I can't believe they watch Mickey Mouse because unless it's got a car in it, no. I think Blues Clues has stuff going on in it, though. 
So I thought that was just a recent show, but that must no, be old. at least 18, 18 at least, years At ago. least. My, my favorite one to this day came out of Quebec, and I don't know if they're still on. It's all in French. It's called Corn de Muse. <laughs> no, and, seen that one. Oh, man, you got to look it up. Corn de Muse. So the corner of the Muse. And it uh, all takes place in this little town, and there's a vet. All, all, so all the animals are alive. So kind of like cats, the, the stage play. Yes. <laughs> Everyone looks like that, and they all talk. But right. they're and they're just going through stuff. Is that and not a bit scary for children? Yeah, I don't know. It's a kids thing. It was it was hilarious because they're all they're, they're all nice and fun and they're friendly and and actually corn demuse might actually be a bird. You know, James, it's funny because you always reference different jobs that you would like to have done. So I yeah. think the play therapist is the one that really stuck in your mind. So you want to be a therapist it? for children well, through the art of play. Yeah, yeah. But mine is I watch these children's programs and, and I think I want to create them. And there's one called I think it's Master Bread. Master Bread Bake Off or something or hairdresser yeah. and it, or something to do with Master and a bread and he's um, an amazing hairdresser and he takes okay. cupcakes and he gives them different right. hairdos and it's really okay. funny okay. and again they have a little dance and I think that's me that's my job I, I, I've already I, I already seen the show that's your job it's the prototype for you to take to the next level and figure out how do you genaize it it's called Fred Penner's Place right okay look it up Fred Penner awesome guy and it's probably a Canadian show. And in fact, I know it's a Canadian show because Fred Penner. But look it up on online, Fred Penner's Place. And it fits in with your little guitar uh, going thing. And he literally has his guitar, has his little backpack. He crawls through a trunk of a tree into Fred Penner's Place. And he plays his guitar and he tells the stories and has some fun. And there's some wacky little puppets that are clearly puppets. And you know they're puppets and they come down on a string and you can see the string. Kids love it and he's fun. Fred Penner's place. I'm definitely up for writing silly songs. In fact, I was singing the song to my dad the other day, um, the toilet song that I sing can to you the wanna, boys. Can we hear it? <laughs> oh my gosh. Come on. Nobody will ever let me live this let's, down. Let's hear the toilet song. Oh my God. It's, so there's, there's two songs. One is for wee-wees and one is for poo-poos. And can I just say, before I had children, I hated the word wee-wee we, and poo-poo. And it's but amazing, right? You have and to use it. it yeah. Like, yeah. Like, it's a daily, it's a daily word. Yeah, we, we, with my boys, I said, girl, I was going to go have a dump. Oh, no, that's <laughs> awful. That's terrible. When yeah. did that happen? I don't know, when they got a little bit older, because, you know, wee-wees and poo-poos, yeah, dad, I got to go have a dump. You okay. know what? That's, <laughs> sorry, or or it's mind. either have a dump or I'm going to go have a bear. <laughs> That's that's so not British. I can't yeah. even begin to tell you. Like so, when I when I go to a restaurant, I always say, um, "Sorry, may I ask where's the bathroom, please?" And they go, "So where?" And I'm like, "The, the bathroom." Um, and they mean, "Oh yeah, the toilet. You want to go to the toilet?" It's like, "Yes, please." Because um, you know, in the UK, we don't like to say what we're doing. But when you have children, um, it's it's very much wee wee's poo poos. So my boys were really. I think I told you they were terrible at potty training, and they. But they're success. It's, it's done now, right? Oh they're God, they're trained. Oh my goodness touch touch mm-hmm. everything touch wood touch it wood. was just shy of maybe about five six weeks before they turned three we nailed it and it was just all of a sudden out the blue who knows why and they got it but i, I do like to credit my song for it because they got excited about okay. going to the toilet okay so it's like uh, i'll give you the poo poo one because that's their favorite <laughs> i can't believe i'm gonna do this well hello mr poo poo hello mr poo poo hello mr poo poo hello <laughs> 
And it's nice to say hello, and it's nice to say goodbye, and it's nice to say hello, and goodbye, Mr. Poo-Poo. Now wash your hands after poo-poo. I'll wash your, wash your, wash your hands after poo-poo. Is that a little bit of a Scottish voice you put on there? I, I think it's supposed to be like an Irish voice. An I Irish voice. Maybe when it starts, it's very mm. Irish. And yeah. I, 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 I kid you not, they got excited about going to the toilet because did I you, saw Did you get the guitar out though, too, or did you get the kazoo? I saw you kazooing. <laughs> the is that what they were called? Those things, yeah, those are kazoos. No, so the guitar still sounds like a screaming cat yeah, when I'm trying that's, to play. That's what they sound like for a long. You know, and and as anyone will tell you, you know, even Dave Grohl, Foo Fighters, you just got to keep going at it. Yeah, and, no, I I actually put in the guitar. So history of this is in my spare time, which is not not great. Yeah, so hold uh, on, you got. Two boys, you got, well, three, because you got your husband, so basically <laughs> yeah. you have three and he's, children. And he's the worst you, behaved. You have three children. You, you've got a job, and you've, you've got where you live. Oh, hold on. you got Florence. Did you get your other dog back yet? Um, no, she's staying at my mum's for now, and then we'll come next year. Okay, when, so uh, you, we can bring you've got all of this stuff yeah. going on, and then you've got some spare time. Well, I, and I was been doing my singing <laughs> lessons, but you right. wouldn't How's know it from that song. No, no, it sounds really good. Uh, <laughs> it's off the cuff. You're please, sitting down. You haven't even please. done a warm up. You didn't even do a warm up. Please, no. There'll be no Lady Gaga moments today. <laughs> but yeah, this is. Can uh, you do any Lady Gaga? How how never Well, I'm never going to be able to do that. What's that one go? What, how does that I don't, sound? I don't know, James, but you're not getting out of me. <laughs> um, but like we were talking earlier when Colin was here, because I know you've just done uh, the We Will Fix It show, about the, what a waste of money hobbies are. Yeah. And I think the only way you justify it is through enjoyment. So I feel like an aged person that is past the point at which they are ever going to make it successful at singing, I'm not a great singer, but I really love it. And I read somewhere not long ago, and we've discussed it in the past, about bringing joy to your life and how yeah, singing yeah. can do that. And for this little hour a week that I've been doing a little Zoom, it just it's like my little time, and I really enjoy it. It's, like mental, it's mental health therapy. Yeah. Absolutely, and uh, you know, you know, I bought myself a little microphone. Yeah. Did you keep it? You got the, you got the. I've uh, just, I've not, I've not. The Yeti. Not kept it. I just haven't sent it back. Okay. My husband thinks I need to send it back because it was too expensive for my requirements. I think, it's, I think it's going to last you indefinitely. Well, when I start recording these "Hello, Mr. Poo Poo" songs, I mean, who knows where this yeah. microphone, like life, is going to get? I, I, I think that's the key, you know. And and the the beauty is, you could you could get on in on um, a program by Adobe called Audition, which I strongly recommend. Cloud, just going, it's a recording program. The Audition, when you USB that mic into your computer, you can run it right into Adobe Audition. It's going to make your voice sound even better. <laughs> I'm up for that. I'm well, up for anything that well, doesn't it, sound like it's, me. <laughs> it's really decent recording software. And I know people say, yeah, but you can use GarageBand. And, and you could. But I find if you're going down the Audition route or, you know, there's other professional products, the, the number of things that they do that are just a tweak ahead of some of these more consumer-based products. And it's easy to use. I mean, it's do a couple of the, you know, the basics are pretty easy. And that's what we do all of our podcasts on here. Well, you know, it's nice to just do these things for yourself. And yeah. sometimes to go into your own little head and just pretend yeah. that you're in a different place and you're doing something different. I mean, I was always desperate to go to performing arts school when I was younger. Why didn't you? 
My mum was really against it. My, my dad was for it. Uh, he always felt like, give yourself 12 months, give it a go. You should always do something. That, sorry, I keep hitting the microphone yeah, today. Sorry, James. And, um, and uh, he was always like, you've got to do something that you really enjoy. Now, it just so happens I do enjoy medicine and there's a large aspect of medicine that is performance. But as a child, if you ask anybody, I was always the one that was um, leading. You know, if you had like auditions that were going on, I was either in the auditions or I was comparing them or I was, uh, you know, in the school plays. I did drama outside school. It was just something I was really passionate about. And I love, I love the aspect of performance. And although I have crippling, crippling self-doubt about what people think about me yeah, yeah. and whatever. And I'm like, now I probably wouldn't just sit here and sing a song to you. But put me on a stage. But well, I want to hear the pee pee song too. <laughs> it's the same, but it's just wee wee. <laughs> uh, oh, wee wee. It, it's not, it's, it's not, it's not too special. <laughs> I mean, the, you have to appreciate this song was made up inside of 120 seconds. That's, look, that's uh, some of the best songs. <laughs> That, you know, that I don't think mine comes in that category of the best songs. But the point is, I spend my life singing, dancing. I, I, it's great having children because that's like a ready-made audience. And yeah. you're their mum, so they think you're great. And when I'm in the car with them, I sing away and they love it and it's great. Uh, and it, it, it's kind of like I get to live that side of me again. Yeah. Um, they're your, they're say, your greatest fans. Well, I think I've got, how many more years have I got for that to last? You know what? I think they'll forever be your fans. Because I, I think even my boys, if I belt out some really bad sounding something, they tolerate it. James, I love my dad. I love him so much. <laughs> Do I want to hear him sing? Not not even slightly. <laughs> he's absolutely tone deaf. But I love him. I think he's the most wonderful man alive. Like, he's my dad. He's my daddy. Um, but no, I've got no desire to hear him sing. So I'm not sure that's true. But maybe as a little girl. I did find his song about porridge oats quite funny when I was little. <laughs> and he also gave me... Um, Can we call him right now and get him to sing that for us? Do you think? <laughs> I, I I'd say yes, it wasn't 20 to 7 in England. He might be up. He's, he's doing his stretching. He's old, yeah. And old he's old. Tend to get up very early. <laughs> but no, he's, he's currently caring for my grandma, so oh, I think okay. he's often up and out in the night. Otherwise, I mm. would. And he's he, it's funny because my dad as well, and you find this a lot, don't you? He's somebody that took a job as a salesman. He uh, is, you know, quite a reserved character. But again, if you gave him the opportunity to perform, yeah. he'd be on that stage. I told you he used to play the bongos. Yeah. He used to play the saxophone. It turns out he used to write, like, poetry and things like that, which you'd never shoot. Again, really? I don't know what is wrong with me today, this microphone. Um, he used to do all that when he was younger, and he's got that real creative side. But you tend to just box it up, and it's like... Yeah. That's unless you choose it as a career, you right. can't do it. It's like, hey, I gotta, I gotta make some money. This is a hobby. It's not going anywhere. It's stupid. I'm getting. Out isn't of here. this an issue that you've had recently as well? People giving you a hard time for things yeah, that yeah. you love doing. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's funny because, as you said, maybe there's a fine line. As you said with medicine, there's a there's a whole element of performance in it, and so we we fall into these ruts of well, what is a doctor? What is a professor? What is creativity in terms of research or other things and there the, a whole bunch of people have these definitions in their minds they say, well this is the way it is it's the way it's always been it's like, but is that the way it has to be well, and I, are you devaluing what i do and are you devaluing the the amount of uh, you know bringing forward of all of that education that you've had into the construction of that physical product that's taking place at this time and, and in a sense yes they are and why are they doing that because it frightens them it scares them. It challenges them to say, oh yeah, it's different. It's not better or worse than what I'm doing. It's different. Do I understand the process of creating that thing, whether it be a term paper or 
a, you know, a podcast? Do I understand the process? Do I understand the process of going about and having bedside manner and teaching my patient about how they're going to deal with the fact that they no longer have a colon, you know, or something. And, and that's, that's really interesting stuff, but someone might say, well, you just get in there and you just tell them and you get out of there and you let the therapist come in and deal with it. It's like, well, hold on a second. We can do this a different way. And it's like, well, no, that's not the way it's done. Well, well maybe it's now the way it's done. And I think that's really, really a challenge. It is. And it's funny, but it's one of the things I love about Dubai, actually. I, I mean, I love England. I'm, in fact, I was even telling someone the other day, I'm so proud as an adult to be British. When I was little, I always wanted to be a different culture. I thought really? the UK was too grey. I liked colour. I liked sparkle. And I felt like that wasn't what the UK offered me. Yeah. And then as I've got older, I spent some time in Australia, which is an awesome country. But I didn't realise how British I was. I was telling you, <laughs> telling you earlier about when you're British, you go to like a long dinner table party. And yet if you're on one side and, and you're like a really good friend is over on the other side, you hardly speak to each other. But yet it would be unheard of to think to get up from that dinner table and speak to each other. Instead, you just say apologise at the end of the night that you didn't really have much of a conversation, but you weren't, you, were, you know, obviously it's not your fault. You weren't sat next to each other. And what I love about, um, and anyway, as I've turned up, as I've got older it turns out I also like to cue I, I believe in trying to be overly polite and not really saying what you think sometimes which I think are all sort of problems with being British and talking about the weather but what I do love about Dubai is because it is such a new and innovative country there's less administration and you're told less how you should do things and there's a lot uh. more opportunity to think outside the box but it's true you know we often let our careers define ourselves and I remember I had to write something about who are you and one thing I said is you can define me on my career. But, I mean, two weeks before I decided to take medicine, I was really thinking about doing genetics with Spanish. And okay. I think two weeks before that, I thought about doing business school. So how can you let the career define me? I think I've yeah, learned yeah. a lot from it. It just maybe shaped me as a person. But that isn't who I am. I love medicine. I love healthcare. I feel really passionately about trying to get people to optimize their health and live life. But part of that is just accepting who you are and, and being who you are, no matter what little pigeonhole yeah. people try and put you in. And I think it's the same for you, yeah, James. Yeah, yeah it's it is tough, isn't it? I, I, I was looking at my phone because we were talking Ted Lasso earlier and how that comes up into this conversation as you were saying that England's gray and all that. And I was saying, hey, where is this filmed? And and so he's it's actually filmed in Richmond. Richmond's stunning, James. So that's why. And I kept saying, I'm looking and, and it's filmed near when when they I said you know the the scenes of when they do it in the little town with the canal it's near Brewers Lane is where they say it's filmed Gosh. and I kind of went wow I have no idea where that is but that sounds <laughs> I don't really, know where don't know where Brewers Lane but is. I guess that's right downtown and and stuff because there's a little square there and the the otherwise there um where where do they oh they the park they use uh in Selhurst Park how play how how Palace and Selhurst Park has inspired this uh what they're doing there see the shouldn't. problem is is that i'm a dirty northerner from oh. from uh, like uh, the northwest and therefore i don't know down south so well but so that's all really south that's uh, i don't know i've not yeah. heard of it so i'm assuming so yeah, richmond cool. certainly is south okay and there are some beautiful parts of england but yeah i think growing up you never really appreciate where you're from until you're yeah. older yeah. and now i go back and i love the countryside and i love the cozy nights and i like having the fire on yeah but as a child i hated it <laughs> yeah, like, I was like, oh, I was like get, get me, me to a beach <laughs> i want a suntan um but i don't know if it's like that in canada because canada you uh, i think you have the great summers so you can yeah, get have, the best we have good summers and you know different i th i think 
wherever you come from in Canada becomes that thing that you look forward to. So the prairies where it's just flat for, and you can see for a hundred kilometers and the roads are straight, you're driving through the prairies and it's just straight. And you either, you grow up in that and you kind of just like, well, this is so beautiful. And if you're not from there, you're going, this is horrible because the road is straight and you just keep driving straight in some parts. And all you see is the sky on the horizon. Like you're like the, like you're on a calm sea, except maybe if in the summer you're going to have canola and you're going to have wheat and you're going to have, and then in the winter you have snow. Um, I thought that was only in America that you got those big long roads. No, we got those too in the prairies in the middle oh, of Canada. Wow. I didn't realize, did, you know what? I didn't even realize Canada was so sparse as well. Yeah. I thought that was more of an American thing. No, no, there's, in, in fact, you know, the, Canada's about 38 million people, 5,700 kilometers across. And then, you know, you go up to the North Pole, right? So it's, there's a lot of empty place. Do you ever get homesick? I, I think I get homesick for things. And I think, you, you know, what you get homesick for is, is hearing people talk like you. <laughs> well, I think that's less so problem for me here, probably yeah. more so. And just, and just sort of that mentality. So people sound like you and they just, you know, everyone is doing things. You kind of just fit in and you kind of just go, you know, the, the way you cue, the way you do stuff, the way you're thanking people, the way it's just, you get, you kind of miss some of that stuff. Although, and more and more little things from home come here. And so one of the most recent ones, Festival City Mall in the food court. A nice little place has opened up that you might like. Pretty much vegetarian. Smokes. And Smokes sells poutine. What, what, what's poutine? French fries. Cheese curds. Smothered in gravy. Oh my goodness, James. That sounds terrible. <sighs> Is that like a Canadian thing, is it? Poutine, yeah. French Canadian, man, yeah, wow. for sure. You look it up, poutine, P-O-U-T-I-N-E, poutine. Uh, they okay. would call it, in Quebec, they'd call it poutine. I didn't know that it was a thing in other places apart from the north of England to have gravy on your chips. Like you'd uh, go to a chip shop and get chips yeah, and gravy. Yeah. That's, that's a very Canadian I mean, thing. I can't too. say I've done that since I was a child, but yeah, I thought that was just but more poutine, of a Because then you get the, the cheese curd, which is a very particular thing when you're making cheese, and it's just these clumps of cheddar that they're cheesy, kind of. And when they're fresh, you put them and you bite in them, they kind of squeeze like, as you're eating them. They're spectacular. Not sure. I mean, I, I oh no, you got to go try this. And it, it's, <laughs> and, you know, in fact, we went and I, I was skeptical because smokes, I know smokes. I, and I've been to smokes in, in Ottawa and other places and it, it's a great poutine. And, and I thought, oh, is it going to be? Because that's always the big problem. So there's another burger place here. A couple Canadian guys set it up, Jack's Burger in DIFC. Highly recommend that as well. I think their burger reminds me of a Harvey's a little bit. Not really, but kind of. They do a poutine as well, but they, they source the cheese curds here and they're hard to make here. So they're, they've got a version. Smokes brings them in from Canada. So how long that can last, I don't know. But they <laughs> import, realize the cost. Yeah, yeah, they import them from Canada. They said everything comes from Canada. The gravy comes from Canada. Every, and I, so when, when I got it in the box and it's all the same and it's, it's like home, open it up, put my fork in, pulled it out. It was like, <gasps> this is Canada in a box. Do you know that where you're referring to sounds a bit like a place I went to in Las Vegas called Heart Attack Grill, I think it is. <laughs> Heart Attack and Grill. I mean, it's a terrible place and I'm sure it's been tried to, like they've tried to yeah. shut it down before, yeah, yeah. especially from health professionals. But you know, if you take these things with a pinch of salt, yeah. 
I don't see the harm in a little bit. No, of no, fun. I don't eat them every day. Exactly. Once a month, maybe, and and we we share a a, a a bowl. We don't even eat a whole one ourselves. But but what's the harm? I mean, yeah. this is the thing: is you know we're trying to shut down these places, um, and or almost price them out the market. But the idea is, is that it's supposed to be a treat. And I mean, yeah. my children are only three, but they learn that they're allowed to have a treat. Yeah. When, you know. When they've eaten all the broccoli and yeah. they've they've done the right things, but in Heart Attack Grill, if you're over <laughs> if you're over a certain weight, you eat for free. Oh my goodness! It's terrible. You have to wear um, a doctor's lab coat to go in, and you get attached. I think I ordered a glass of wine, and they said no, you have to order a bottle. And I said, "Excuse me," they said, "No, we don't. We don't give glasses. You have to order a bottle each." Oh so they God. gave me a drip. And if you don't eat all your food, they take, like, you have to sign something when you go in. They take this big wooden bat and they they hit your bottom like you've been a naughty child. (laughs) I mean, it's a really good, fun place to go to. You don't go there for health reasons, for sure. But again, like they've had real big backlash for, for doing this. But I think Man. to do as a one-off, it's, so you go to Vegas, you do it once, yeah. that, that's it. And the food's disgusting. I mean, <laughs> I think all of them are like called the heart attack, the whatever. Yeah. It's when people go every day that there's a problem. But smokes, the Putin, I can't mm. say it's my cup of tea. You're going to go try it though. I Take the know, husband. James Your husband will leave. Take James. Take James. No, no. It just tastes like cheese. You eat some really funky stuff. Just tastes like it's just cheese. It's just cheese. I got pictures. I'll show you after. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure what I see. Sounds like when you you started eating like liquefied Brussels sprouts. Oh, hey, look at look over there. I can see it, James. I can see. (laughs) It's a little thick. This one. I was trying to take a drink and I thought something's clogging up here. I mean, look, I I really believe in you know you know why and all the rest of it. But some of the things you come in with, you're looking at this orangey juice of mine. You know why it's that color. Is, I just I, no, I threw in. Well, there is a carrot in there, but I threw in some uh, cranberries, fresh cranberries. Oh really? And they've gone orange. Yeah, it's made it all orange. Oh my! Honestly, <laughs> superfoods in there. I mean, respect to you for doing it, but I always believe that vegetables, personally, my husband loves vegetable juices too. Vegetables yeah. should be eaten as solids. <laughs> you can juice away with your your yogurt and your yeah. fruits, but I, vegetables. In fact, this is not even a juice. I, I ninja did this one. I just put everything in. So the entire cucumber went in and the other stuff. I just, I, there's no juice. This is liquefying the solid. Do you know who's going to appreciate this? If you bring it next week, because we have the wellness, oh, one yeah, of the wellness the, Sean and what's that guy's it's name? Ryan. Ryan Sean's and Sean. Coming. That's it's it. Ryan yeah, the coming. Wellness Brothers. Yeah, next week. Because yeah. you did they remember me? Because they've been on my radio show once. I don't know because I, I contacted. Very <laughs> 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 confident will. about that, James. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure they're going to go. Oh yeah, we met. I remember. Well, apparently Sean said he's not really into radio yeah. or, or sort of media yeah, yeah. as much as Ryan is. Yeah, yeah. So Ryan's on board, and I thought it'd be really interesting because. I mean, as a patient recently, I was offered a complimentary therapy uh-huh. and and you've told me about your sound therapy. Yeah. And what's funny is that Sean and Ryan have often considered me to be a very open-minded doctor to homeopathy yeah. and to complementary medicines. And in so many ways I am, but I have a line. It's like an unwritten <laughs> line. There's a line here. So when you tell me about sound therapy, I think, awesome, that works for you, James. Yeah. Um, would I be interested? I'm not, I'm kind of open to stuff, but there's that yeah. part of me that really asks the questions of what is this really like yeah. medicine or is yeah. this just something that makes you feel a bit better yeah uh, and i thought why it's not fair for us to have to the debate the debate just you and i yeah, best to have someone who's a professional let's bring those boys in yeah because they this yeah. is what they've spent years and years studying and absolutely know everything about i think i think one of their funny things is that they do is the, the lean green i think that one of their 
concoctions that they do for protein is called lean green i'm sure it's theirs and it's uh all these green things that they put together and i i'm pretty sure that it's manufactured in their facility out in south africa not 100 percent sure but i'm i, I remember that stuff and we tried it i i'm sure i tried it then and what it came to came to mind is obviously there's a whole bunch of sourcing that they do and i just kind of went you know i i'm i'm got it under control with the organic products that i'm putting in and and doing it i'm, I'm happy to go my own route so uh, but, but it's cool it's funny but I think sometimes uh, these guys they're so into their wellness and they're, they're really lovely chaps as yeah. well I find when I've ever referred patients to them they can be quite intimidated sure. because they feel they're embarrassed almost yeah. and sometimes yeah. it's like um, I don't know we've ever had the discussion I mean we've not really talked about anything to do with medicine or healthcare today oh no it's all about um, mental health we're, we're totally on track <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure James that's, but, I am 100% <laughs> sure see that's uh, we're, we're, we're good to go but um, but yeah one of the things that's a big problem at the moment and this is totally off piece but kind of fits in with what I'm saying about being intimidated to go to so off piece or off piece what did I say no, you said no. I'm, I'm just curious because I've I've heard um, a McCarty, Chris McCarty, many times in his sports show will talk about something being off piste, and I wasn't off-piste. sure. No, I'm not sure if he really means off piste. If that's just his funky accent, or if he means off piece, which oh no no off piste. Yeah, it's, which is off the route. Yeah yeah yeah. It's a ski ski hill where yes. I. So I wasn't sure. Do you mean off piste or off piece? Did I say off piece? Yes. No, I meant off piece. It's but, but then it could have been balls and ball that we're having another. So, hey, hey we're. <laughs> they normally say, oh, I'm sorry to go completely off piece. And I'm not, I'm not a skier, but yeah, yeah. you're like, you're totally off, yeah. you're off the yeah. beaten track. Which is funny, um, right? That, that we use that French term. It's hilarious. It is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like, how has that become standard English? And I'm sure they don't even use it when they talk about it. There's some really stupid sayings <laughs> that we say. I mean, some sayings that my mum has given me has given me in the past, I've reiterated, and then it turns out they're actually very offensive sayings. <laughs> and she got me into trouble with a patient really badly once oh, no. because I, I won't tell you the saying, but it was it was totally inappropriate. Now it's been explained to me, but you oh. just absorb things, don't you, as a as yeah. a child? Tell us what was it? I'm um, no, I'm not saying it. There's oh, no come way. Come no, on. absolutely no way. Put your hand I, over the mic and whisper it. No, I'll tell you later. <laughs> I, I was. I told. I told my husband what I said, and I said, "Oh, James, I think I really upset patients today. I feel awful. You know, the last thing you ever want with any form of medical interaction is one for them not to trust you, yeah. and two is them to think that you're a so bad when, person." When, when you told him, did he go? <gasps> yeah, he did. It's oh. exactly that was exactly his response. He was like, "Oh my goodness, Jenny, you can't say that." And I innocently, innocently, really thought yeah. it was absolutely fine yeah. um, because my mum would say them, and I. Yeah. I don't think she really meant any harm, yeah, yeah, but it was yeah. probably something she picked up from I, her grandma. Or... I got one with my stepfather. He he says all the time, and uh, I'll tell you off air because it's 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 the same like yours. It's like you know off recording. It's uh, yeah. Even yeah. when people say it, even when I've told the story to friends, and I've told them the saying I've I've said, I still find it hard to generate any feeling about it because yeah. to me it still feels quite innocent yeah. um I, I don't really get it anyway it, it doesn't sound like a good story when you're not actually telling <laughs> the punchline but, yeah. I, I, but yeah. it shall remain peace so so off-piste what where you were, where you were going off-piste i was talking about how often 
when you go and see one of these wellness guys or ultra fitness professionals, it can make people feel very uncomfortable. And likewise, I gave a talk just recently in work about how there's a lot of fat shaming that goes on. And there's a lot of shaming. Yeah. There's a lot of bigger people or people that suffer with their weight or they feel that they're overweight or they they have got obesity or uh, morbid, morbid obesity. And they don't feel like they can go to the doctors. And it's because often the doctors can be quite dismissive Mm. and almost a little on the high horse about, well, obviously you've got to lose weight. And I I have heard a patient be spoken to, and he was referred to as um, a butterball by by a colleague of mine to the the, the patient's face. And it's almost as if they don't have, it's it's almost like saying they don't have feelings. And I, I feel particularly sensitive about that because I think a large part of not everybody but a lot of people that do sort of fall into the obesity, morbid obesity category, it's usually a psychological element included. Yeah, it's yeah. not just about what goes in and what go- goes out. That's a very simplistic way of looking yeah. at it. You've got what goes in, what goes out. You've got hormones. You've got the the discovery that people that are carrying a lot of weight um, have got different hormone levels for their appetite. And we don't really know what came first, the chicken or the egg. Right. Is it that they have an increased appetite drive or is the fat driving the appetite um, as well? And you've got the psychological element where a lot of people are shameful of their bodies. They binge as a, as a method of like keeping company and keeping people away. Then they hate themselves about it. And so they, they binge again. And and then to, to go into a doctor's surgery and have that happen, that's just, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, but you find that that's actually something quite a lot. Same with people that smoke. They feel like they can't go and see the doctor. Yeah. They're terrified of being disciplined or told off or embarrassed you know, because it's all addictive yeah, behaviours, yeah. isn't it? People get quite uh, ashamed and it, you think it's sad and really, you know, you don't, you want to come across as a good example to patients, but the last thing that you also want is for them to exactly. feel that you're pushing them away yeah. by being on your high horse about what's right and what's wrong. Yeah, yeah it's tough. Is that, is, that, is that what you're going to come back with? It's tough. It's tough. I, 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 I got nothing. For, I was waiting for you to come back with, well, da, 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 da. No, I got no. nothing to say. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. It's like, what do you do? Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm surprised you are the professor in communication, James Pikeway, right now. <laughs> but it's, I think it's really sad and it's something that's quite common. And I bet the Wellness Brothers get it loads. Because yeah. even, even when I heard Ryan was coming, because I'm like, I mean, you've already told everyone I'm pregnant now on the uh, the podcast. I wasn't telling people. Oh, geez, I mean, people, about people that. can see it's me. Like, I'm how can they massive. not notice? Uh, how many months? How many months are you? Um, seven. Oh. I still got, I don't think I'll make it. It's to only nine the months, end. right? Yeah, I don't think I'll make it to the end. But I'm like a whale. And even I was thinking, oh, God, like, you're going to see the Wellness Brothers. Like, will they think, God, she's carrying big or, you know. Because I don't know. I did all, you don't look like you're I'm you just look normal to me. I'm ap- like, it's a lie. I'm absolutely massive. Um, very uncomfortable. <laughs> like, no, but, re- but really, I mean, uh, well, yeah, you got something in a child growing inside you. The child's not that wishing, big. But it's squi- still going to displace everything. How can that not be comfortable? <laughs> uncomfortable. It's, it's, yeah. It's, you got bladders it, and kidneys. And, and Do I? Have I still got a bladder? I'm not sure, James. <laughs> it doesn't seem to be functioning at the moment. Uh, but it's funny because I had a twin pregnancy the first time, so I assumed I was going to be really like beautifully petite this yeah. time. What a joke that was! Well, everything's already loosened up from the first time that's round. What, that's what my uh, obstetrician said. See? He said, "I'm not no, even an obstetrician. I can tell you that." He said, "It's just all muscle memory. It just goes back yeah, to how it was." Yeah. But some people, everyone carries differently. There's a really famous fitness model in um, in Australia that I keep hanging on to called Emily Sky, uh-huh. And she's, oh, she's absolutely gorgeous. And she got massive when she was pregnant. Absolutely massive, especially the second time round. Yeah. And she's, oh my God, I love her because I'm kind of hanging on to the fact that 
that she she got so big during pregnancy and, and like some people just, just do but but also some some people have really elastic a lot of elasticity in their skin and it kind of just <laughs> goes back so i'm always curious about that element yeah it's not everybody has that elasticity. no no and you really notice it and i i, I in a sense i kind of sometimes feel sorry for some of the women who didn't have that much elasticity and then you know not that it's it's just it, things didn't go back exactly like they were and, and it I never goes back exactly how it was and I kind of I kind of feel like this is that this circles back there we go Elizabeth Gill stick with me it circles back <laughs> but th- this goes right back to when you're saying that fat shaming and and stuff and look you have to, you're gonna look a little different and someone say yeah but you don't look like it. you know and I think people can in, unintentionally shame people in that context even sometimes when people are trying to be nice they can um they can almost shame you it's like now i appreciate i look different to when i wasn't pregnant num- seven months ago and yet people will see you oh god you know you, you, you're so tiny it's like that's a joke and then another friend will go blimey jenny you're absolutely huge and, and so, there's actually a bit <laughs> so more what is it what is it am i small or am i huge well, i actually get more reassurance from the latter because it's a bit more honest and, and especially when you're like fully aware it's like yeah okay yeah fine you can't really tell whatever it, it, i actually find it's more honest and real to just yeah. be you know what don't worry about it you're pregnant it's absolutely yeah. fine um but everybody carries so differently i have friends that have you've not been able to tell that they're pregnant yeah. and then others that have just got completely huge and i had some i had some of those those folks in my i had some of my students i had a couple of students over the years who i was re- so young yeah my, my students tend to have kids pretty young <gasps> really yeah. I can't imagine studying um, your yeah, me graduate neither. degree. Yeah, me neither. Uh, but I remember this one student, I, and I said to that student, anyone seen Asma around? I haven't seen her in a couple of weeks. She goes, sir, she had a baby. Oh, I thought you were going to say she was there, but you didn't no, no. recognize her. No, and she goes, no, no, she, sir, she had a baby. She's, she's at home. I go, what? She goes, well, she had a baby. I said, I didn't even know she was pregnant. Oh, and, right, she's so like, small. I, she was so small. And then with the Nabaya on... It, like you know, and you can be larger with an abaya, and it and it fills out more. She never seemed to fill out the abaya. So, like literally looking at her, there was never any inkling to me and my, you know, assessment that there was some kind of a pregnancy going on. So I, they just laughed at me. But it's quite sad as well because even some people that don't get that big, they still have the scar tissue, so they get the right. stretch marks. Yeah. And my theory on it is, is that like between me and my friends, we know. Like some girls, some of us bloat, so we can eat and our stomachs really, they can massively expand to the point you can look quite heavily pregnant, just Mm. even after eating the wrong thing or whatever. And the, one of the specialists in Manchester, I can't remember his name now, but he's a professor in IBS. And his theory is that you're very prone to the muscles relaxing to allow you to look pregnant. It's almost like you're almost sort of prime for childbirth. And what we found, or what I found, I've done like a little internal study on on the situation, is the people that tend to be bloaters tend to get much bigger during their pregnancy and they don't scar. Whereas the other ones that their bodies don't naturally lend themselves to having that that sort of relaxation of the abdominal muscles to get bigger during pregnancy, they do tend to scar because their skin isn't used to stretching and going back to normal. Um, And they just don't tend to get as big either because they don't have that relaxation. Whereas for me, 
I literally found out I was pregnant and within minutes I, my stomach was like massively like it, it and there was no baby in there. It was massively really? expanded. But it's just because the, it, I don't even think it's psychological. I think it's just that the body knows it's pregnant and it just relaxes ready okay. for the baby to huh. fill into. Um, and But that doesn't happen with everybody. So I've been very lucky so far that I've been huge during pregnancies. Not a patch of scar tissue. Wonderful. But not everybody's the same. There's been other unfortunate changes james <laughs> it's not been it's not been a free ride yeah, yeah. um but that's not been the case for everybody and it's just it's i think a lot of it is hereditary interesting got Again. to apply your bio oil though james but what, what oil when you're pregnant you got to apply bio oil you got to apply oil. yeah it's supposed to help reduce stretch marks okay. what i don't tell patients is it's usually just largely genetic yeah. but it's still good to moisturize the area stop yeah. it from itching try yeah. it at least to can't hurt right to not get them it, it, it can't hurt and it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not going to do you any harm. Yeah. It, yeah. it makes you feel like this should work. This is going to reduce it. Even if you get some scarring, it's going to reduce it. It's going to be less obvious. Well, the sad thing is I have, uh, I've got two cats and one of them was sat on my lap the other day and she got a fright and she. <laughs> Did the baby kick? <laughs> no. <laughs> get off the lap. No, no. But so I'll tell you another story about the cat in a second related to pregnancy. But the cat got got the heebie-jeebies and <laughs> used my stomach as a platform <gasps> oh, to no. get away. With the claws went out? And yes. <gasps> ripped into my stomach. So now it looks like I have stretch marks because it's scarred. Oh, no. um, and I already have three scars down my side where she got the heebie-jeebies another time and used my side to So get your away. cat's doing this for you? Yeah. And when I was pregnant the first time with the boys, she was sat on my... She, I was like holding her, moving her from one room to another. I'm not really, I don't tend to carry cats or cuddle them because they sit on my lap, but cats yeah. aren't really one, you can't really carry them. But for whatever reason, I was carrying her from one room to another. And again, something startled her. Same, we've got two cats, always the same cat because she's a bit of a scaredy cat. And she used me to leap over my shoulder and run away. And she managed to like cut all down the right side of my chest. And I was wearing like a zip up top and I thought, gosh, I don't remember splashing myself. Yeah. So I changed my top and about half an hour later, I looked down and the entire top on the right side was drenched and she'd actually managed to open my milk supply early. No way. Yeah. And so when I, I went to the doctors just to check everything was okay with my obstetrician, I was like, really weird. Sure, it's fine. Do you mind just taking a look at this? Um, and anyway, yeah, there was nothing we could do. I literally had milk pouring out the sides of my, my breast. <laughs> I was just like, well, that's not something that happens every Every day. That's really <laughs> weird. But what do you do? Put a bandaid on that or something? You basically bandage it up, try yeah. and stop the because you don't want all your colostrum. Right. And does it heal up? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean it's okay. fine now. But I mean I'm okay. I'm very scarred. Weird. I've never heard <laughs> of that. I've got lots of scratch marks from one particular cat, which is why we don't really let the cats around our young children yeah, as much go. as they're lovely. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. That's why you're not a cat pet. Oh, you've got a cat. We we had a cat. Oh, James. Uh, no, the, no, this was this was a long time ago. This this cat passed away, unfortunately. And uh lymphoma oh yeah feline lymphoma I'm so sorry it was a beautiful cat it was a friend had left it with us and he was he was a great cat he actually found them he was a street cat that moved into their house and then they had they moved and moved back home and they and then we adopted him and then we had him for about eight months and then unfortunately passed but we so we haven't we haven't gotten a new cat since lots of cats in the neighborhood 
<laughs> if you want a cat, you're yeah. not hard pushed to get a cat, but your dog doesn't like it. No, our and, and you know he's quite he's quite a, an interesting, nice character too. But you know he's really really nice with people. Doesn't like cats too much. Although yesterday someone, it's we we keep learning new things about this dog because he was a rescue, so he's five and five years and change, and there's no rule book, right? Because we don't know what he was taught or wh- he's very well disciplined. And I can only figure that they did that the mechanical way, because if you raise your hand, he squinches. Aww. So he's probably been used to being hit to get him to do things. And we don't now. I say like, dude, I'm not, you know, but oh, James, that's really sad. No, but he's, but he's uh, such a nice dog, but <coughs> what happened then? <laughs> yeah. But interesting thing yesterday, was someone had raised their hand high and he kind of jumped for it. And I kind of went, well, that's a weird behavior because I've never noticed him do that. It's almost like there was food in the hand that he was going to get. So something that he'd been trained to do clicked in at that moment and he kind of went jumping for the hand. And that's totally not in his character and his behavior. So I, I said, so don't, whatever you do, don't raise your hands up high when you're around him. Oh, really? So, so we actually went for it? Yeah, like he, went, he kind of went to man. jump for their hand. And I kind of went, that's because, you know, he's just hanging around. But they had their hand up literally over their head. And it looked like they're kind of holding something just like this. And he jumped for their hand. And it's kind of like, well, that's weird. But doesn't it just show, I mean, you and I are both huge animal lovers. And you've had young children. I've got young children. I am very cautious about animals around children because yeah. children are unpredictable, animals are unpredictable. Well, that's it. When and we take them out for a walk, people always say, can I pet them? It's like, no. no. Yeah, <laughs> can, I, can my kids come to it? No. Adults? No. Don't pet this dog. I mean, is it going to bite? No, but I don't know. <laughs> so don't come near them. But you never really know. And that's yeah. the thing. Like, I, I used to love horses when I was little. And, and yet you just get a horse on a bad day. It's a bit grumpy and yeah. chuck you off for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's the same with, with small animals. It doesn't have to be a big animal to cause a serious amount of damage. If, if the cat had got startled and was sat on one of my children's knees, they could have caught an yeah. eye, scored yeah. their face. Speaking of eyes... Did I ever tell you this one with my boys? No. Because you got little boys. You got little boys. You got a little girl coming. It's gonna be great. You know how they are when they're holding their their utensils and they kind of swing them around. Oh no! So my little boy, I don't know how old he was. He was young, and he's holding his fork. It's a kid's fork too. It's not a you know an adult fork. It's a fork. It's a fork, and he does this right in his eye. What happened? He hit the white. It embedded the fork into the white of the eye, and then he pulled it out, and it was like. Oh my God. And he's, you know, so then his, of course, his eyes started watering and whatever. We took him to the doctor, no damage. But the guy said, if it had been a millimeter over, it would have been right in his pupil. pupil. And that'd be a whole different story. Oh, don't scare me with these so, things. So James. that's what we always tell our kids. When you set the table, you don't play with your, don't play with your food. Don't play with your utensils. And we always remind them and they go, yeah, we remember that. And, the, but they're not, they don't even say like, oh yeah, we remember. It's like, yeah, we do remember. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, it's funny, but basically there's so many things that can damage or kill a oh child. Oh my God, it's, it's, it's scary. no wonder, even if, even if my boy slept well, I don't think I would sleep so well because yeah. life is just full of dangers. Oh, and my, my husband's really chilled out about it. And he's really relaxed. He's like, oh, Jenna, they're fine. Don't worry about them next to the road. They know. They're three. They know not to run out into the road. No, they don't. Like, they're three. Yeah. <laughs> they, they will. They just really, they don't still, still like, sense the danger. Yeah. And it's for us to do all that terrible fretting around them. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, oh, we got an audience. I know, uh, yeah, this is, I say it's just a random guy just like looking through the window. But no, and that's, that's a scary thing. And, and where, where do you become 
overprotective and where do you let some of that stuff happen and do you know it's funny because when uh, when the boys were tiny we were living in England and occasionally like for instance there was a funeral I was attending um, for my uncle and one of my really good friends had never looked after the boys and she came to look after them and they were babies at this stage and she said right just let me know your routines I was like Nikki <laughs> if I come back and those children are still alive I'm happy like don't worry about any anything else yeah feed them change them up don't worry just keep my life. <laughs> that's, that's ultimately all I'm bothered about. And that, I think it still stands now. But now it's changed to keep my life, keep them relatively happy. Yeah. yeah. Now they're older. Keep them, which, which leads us into where we're going to go in two weeks when we talk about sleep therapy. Yeah. Well, well we didn't really touch on anything. Cause we were also going to talk about <laughs> allergies talk about allergies and how having pets. We were going to talk about allergies, body odor. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. We were going to talk about hair loss. Yeah. That's a big one for Dubai. We hit none of them. I don't think this has been our most <laughs> successful podcast to date, but I've had I, a lot of fun. I think this podcast was fun. We covered a lot of things, just not exactly what we set out to talk about. But on the bright side, we have all the research done. But, but I didn't really contribute to the research this week, so I, I will, I oh, will can, add, add my comments in two it's, weeks. It's basically just some, some things to get you. So the, the purpose of the research is to have enough to get you started talking and then to make sure I have an idea where you might go so that I you can never know, you never know. <laughs> but, but it was funny because you, you did call me on the, uh, I, you know, the last week's notes. I just hadn't updated the number of shows we have done. This is our 36th doc talk podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't believe that there's 36 hours of gibberish yeah. out there. Yeah. of us talking yeah. about, I went and counted them. Did you actually? Yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why I have the number because I keep, I put them on. I also put them on the 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 episodes. Well, Thirty six hours. This is, but yeah, but I'm behind all the other guys. They're really um, ahead. You're, you're about at the same place as Andrew. I knew you were going to say that. Andrew doesn't count because he's never here. <laughs> um, you're you're about in the same ballpark as we will fix it. Glenn, he's way up there. He's like sixty plus. You know, he sent me a really long voice note on um, WhatsApp, and I've just realised I didn't listen to it. I feel terrible. Oh no! And uh, it's about your car repair. Uh, I think I asked a question about <laughs> our boys kindly kick the videos at the back of uh, the headsets. Yeah. And and then now at an age where that would be really handy. When they were little, it wouldn't yeah. have bothered anyway. But now that would be really helpful. And I asked him about repairing it, and he sent me a lovely long. Yeah. I mean, it's so a, he's probably got the response. Okay, good. Well, I'll ask him about that on the <laughs> next podcast too. <laughs> I, I, that, that's, a, that's a really good one because you want to have those videos when you can distract them yeah. for a little bit. Especially if you're doing a long car journey. We went up to Abu Dhabi not that long ago. Not that far, but for little ones on the board. I remember doing a trip to Oman years ago. My boys were tiny. And we literally had an IBM. So this is how old, long ago. They weren't called Lenovo ThinkPads. They were IBM ThinkPads. And we had a ThinkPad put where the handrest is. They were in the back. That's what we, we had with a our phone. <laughs> plugged into whatever. And, it, you know, into the... Oh, we had a power supply that you plugged into the light, the lighter socket so that you could get, you know, the, the two, 240. And they would watch videos off of the computer in the car. We, that's much better thinking than us because we literally have my tiny iPhone with the quack screen watching Blippi or some of the terrible YouTube channels. I mean, they watch some serious trash. Oh, yeah, that, you told me about that Blippi one. Yeah, he's... It's weird. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's like a love-hate relationship I have with Blippi. But there's uh, another one, and all there is is children opening a box of toys yeah. and playing with them and it, I can't begin to tell you what trash it is and I hate I hate the fact they watch it but it's their favourite the absolute favourite so when I really really need them to behave you put on the toys I put the toys on and I, I, I feel but like but they're watching other people play 
I, I don't get it. I don't get it, James. <laughs> Maybe they're getting ideas. Oh, when I get to when I get home, I'm going to drive into the toy box and do that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what goes through. Do you the have mind. costumes for the boys too? Do they have like a big tickle trunk? Well, so, that's another show to watch, by the way. Which uh, Mr. Dress Up? Oh, another right, Canadian okay. show. Mr. Dress Up. Ernie Coombs was Mr. Dress Up, and uh, Ernie, Mr. Dress Up, had what he called a tickle trunk. And his tickle trunk, which could be taken the wrong way, but his tickle trunk was full of costumes. And he would just put, you know, they would just, you know, put on the cape and things. And it was always fun. I have Casey and so Finnegan were on that show. So. Like fancy dress stuff. I can't begin to tell you. I got another one for you. You got to go back and look at this one. The Friendly Giant Online. This is like the you and your guitar. Of me remembering any of these. I'll send you so the running. links. The Friendly Giant. Again, 15 minutes, and he had Jerome the Giraffe and Rusty the Rooster. See, it's fitting right in. He didn't play the guitar. He played the recorder. And he had, like, the bass recorder and the Friendly Giant. Awesome. Oh, the bass recorder. God, that takes That's me back. Big giant. I forgot. Yeah. I used to play that. I didn't even know that was <laughs> So a there thing. you go. The Friendly Giant. He's, he's passed away, and it's an old show, but it's a classic. A uh, classic. Is it as good a classic as the painting program? Oh, Bob, Bob Ross. Ross. Oh, yeah. Did, my husband told me a terrible story about him, and I was hoping oh, it wasn't true. What? That he was a naughty man. Oh, I, I haven't heard that. Yeah, I hadn't heard it. And I, I, can I just I've, say, even if it does exist out there, that have, there's rumors have, of this story. I've never heard about that. But I'd like to, I'd like to think it, it's not true. Even the Bob Ross Museum hasn't talked about that. Right, well then, if they have a Bob Ross museum, there's no way it can be They true. literally have, because when you watch it and he cleans the brushes in the end with the turpentine, the museum literally has the easel where he used to do that, slap the life out of the thing. I've never heard of him being a bad guy. No, I, I, all right. I've heard nothing about him being so bad. he's no, oh, uh, Pedophile kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. No, I've heard nothing like that. I'm so glad. I was really quite distressed to hear that story because yeah. I love that man and the happy trees. Yeah, yeah. It, what it was called, there's no mistakes. There's just happy, happy... Something happy, uh, happy. I know, I know. I know yeah, there's you just I happy errors or something. Errors, yeah. Well, right. we'll look it up. We'll look. I know. We <laughs> see. Even the fact that we're talking about this again just see? represents how little healthcare we talked about today, James. <laughs> but it was fun. It, it was, was fun. Doctor Jenna Burton and myself talking loosely, loosely about medical things. It's all about well-being of the mind. More so about ours. I feel like this has been our therapy session as well, that's opposed it. to anything that's else. It. Well, that's what Colin calls We Will Fix It. He says it's just therapy. Yeah. yeah. If you want to find out more, www.podaholics.com. That's with a K. Get us on the socials, Podaholics. Reach out, Podaholics with a K at gmail.com. And go listen to the other podcasts. There's a whole bunch of them out there. Coming to you from the Rove Podcast Studio, downtown Dubai. This has been Doc Talk with Dr. Jenna Burton.